Are you ready this morning? Are you happy? I, I, I felt led this morning to really just share just out of the overflow of my heart. Just, just out of the overflow of just my walk with Jesus. What he's been showing me, what he's been teaching me. And really what the Holy Spirit's just been highlighting in my life recently. And, it, and, and I, I, if I could just be honest, just vulnerable with you this morning. For me personally, this year, <laughs> it's been so amazing. I have felt like every day this year for me has been another day to give my life all over to Jesus again. And that's what it has, that's what it's felt like to me. Every day I wake up, man, I, I just get, I get with Jesus and what comes out as I spend time with him is, Jesus, I give you my life today all over again. I'm in this place where I'm so, I'm just, I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus. Like I'm hungry for more. And I, like I love evangelism, like the, you know my heart. Like I want to see the whole world saved. I want to see everybody's life touched by Jesus. But I'm, I'm, I'm really realizing in such a fresh way that true evangelism actually begins on your knees. It, it starts here. In, in order to truly change the world out there, I have to allow him to change my world inside of here. That this thing is supposed to be lived from the inside out. Amen. And that's actually when evangelism becomes such a normal part of our everyday life. Where we're not even having to try. Jesus just comes out of us everywhere we go. And I'm realizing it begins with this hunger. This desire every day to give your life over to Jesus. And to surrender your life to him. And it is wrecking me, y'all. And, and, and the result, like, like last night, Caroline and I went, we, her, her mom had a birthday celebration in Atlanta, so we zipped over there and zipped back. But we're, we're celebrating at, at this, this place, and there's waitresses and waiters all coming around, passing out food. And I can't explain to you, y'all, my heart, as I looked at them, as I was, just, I was looking them through the lens of Jesus Christ. And I've, I'm going up to all of them sharing Jesus. Like they're passing out food trying to work and I'm just like interrupting their job. I'm like, hey, do you know how much Jesus loves you, man? And they're like, man, why are you, why are you, you're supposed to be eating these hors d'oeuvres. You know what I'm saying? And y'all, it, it, it just hit me last night. It's like I wasn't trying. I didn't muster up a bunch of courage to go share Jesus. It, I was possessed. Like I was just like, hey, you, you have to know that Jesus wants you to know that your life was worth dying for. Do you know him, man? Can I pray for you? And it's everywhere I was going. And I've just begun to realize that that becomes an overflow of intimacy with Jesus. Are you with me this morning, church? And so every day I've just, so far this year, it's been another day to give my life over to Jesus again. And I'm not saying that every day I'm, I'm getting saved. It's, uh, you don't receive salvation every day. How many of you know that the very first moment that you believed in Jesus with your heart and gave him your life, you received salvation and nothing and no one can take that from you. Amen? Are, are you with, I just want to make sure we're real clear on that because people ask me all the time, hey, Wes, can you lose your salvation? Look, I'm about to make you real happy this morning. 
Some of you are going to get set free with that question because people go, Wes, I know I believe in Jesus. You know, I follow him. I've given him my life, but I've made this mistake, and I've done this, and I've done that. Am I still a believer? Can you lose your salvation? Church, look at me. You can't lose your salvation because you never earned it to begin with. It was a gift that you received from the Father. You can't lose it. You never earned it. You know what the Bible says? I have so much on my heart this morning, so we'll just see what happens. But in Ephesians 1.13, it says this. It says, when you believed in Jesus, God marked you with the seal. And that seal was the promised Holy Spirit. So watch, church. So when you believed in Jesus with your heart, God gave you his spirit. He marked you. And it was a seal that sealed the deal. And it says right after that, when you were marked with the Holy Spirit, that that was the deposit or the down payment guaranteeing your inheritance right here and now and forevermore. Hallelujah. Are you happy this morning? It says in 1 Peter 1, 4 and 5 that when we believe in Jesus, we receive an inheritance, our salvation, and it's protected by the power of God. So that means nothing and no one can take it from you because it's protected by his power. And he's the one that gave it to you. You can't lose it. You didn't earn it. The only thing you can do with your salvation is share it with the rest of the world around you so that they can have the greatest gift in the whole world. Are you with me? Isn't that amazing? Are you happy? Well, Wes, what if I make a mistake? Listen, the same grace that saved you is the same grace that will forgive you if you make a mistake. And the same grace that forgives you is also the same grace that empowers you to live a righteous life and to say yes to Jesus in every area. Are you happy this morning? This is amazing. This is the gift of God's grace. You can't take credit for it. You just get to receive it. And you get to run with it. So when I say, man, every day of my life so far this year has been another day to give my life to Jesus. It doesn't mean I'm getting saved every day. I've just discovered that there's more. I, I want more of Jesus. I want to grow in him like I never have before from the inside out. And one of the things that I've also discovered is that the more of him that you want... And the more of him that you actually get to experience has everything to do with the more of yourselves that you surrender on a daily basis. It's an everyday thing. Jesus, I'm yours. Take my life. Use it. Mold it. Shape it. It's everything. I want to go after just for a few minutes just the, the more and a life of surrender, a life of being all in. I, I want to share with you uh, an encounter I had about, it was about a month ago, and it was right, right there in the food pantry room, and I'm, I'm sitting at my little desk area, and I'm, I'm just spending time with Jesus, and I'm praying, I'm talking with Jesus, and all of a sudden, man, something comes over my heart, and I see these three epistles, first, second, and third John, these three epistles come on to my heart. And I know in that moment, like the Holy Spirit begins to say, Wes, I want you to read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. That's what I want you to go after. And y'all, I'm excited because I'm like, wow, you, that doesn't happen to me a lot, you know? Because, you know, you can open up the Bible and read anything and it's good, amen? Because the scripture is God breathed, right? The reason the Bible is active, alive, and powerful is because God is breathing on it. See, you can open up and read anything. It's amazing. But it's also fun when the Holy Spirit says, hey, Wes, go after those three epistles in this next season of your life. And so I get excited. 
And so I open up to the book of 1 John. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and get started. And I begin to read 1 John, and I'm, I'm reading the first few verses, and I get to verse 5. That's where everything changed. And verse 5 says this, in 1 John 1, it says, And this is what you have heard from him. And to him he's referring to is Jesus. And this is what you've heard from Jesus. And John is actually writing to a group of believers in Asia Minor. He's writing to a church. They already love Jesus. They've given their life to Jesus. But for whatever reason, this group of believers in Asia Minor, they, they're not all in. They're not fully surrendered. They kind of got one foot in and one foot out. They've been giving in to just some some false teaching. They've been compromising in some areas of their life. They've been dabbling in some darkness. And for the life of John, he doesn't understand why. So he writes them this letter. Really plain, simple, black and white. And he says this in verse 5. This is the message you've heard from him, from Jesus. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. God is so simple. Hey, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And the moment I read that, the presence of God came over me so strong. It was as if the light and the love of the Father rushed over me, and I began to weep. And I began to encounter his love. It felt like he walked in the room and picked me up and grabbed me. And I was like, where does God is light? I know he's light. And in him there is no darkness. But in that moment, I began to encounter his love all over again. It felt so fresh. And all that could come out of my mouth as I'm encountering his love is this. God, I don't ever, ever, ever want to do anything apart from you the rest of my life. And I just begin to call out, God, I don't ever want to do anything apart from you. And I begin to say, Jesus, I don't ever want to walk my own way. I want to walk in the light as you are in the light. And that's all I could get out. And I'm weeping in the food pantry room. And as I'm encountering his love and all that's coming out, as God, I don't ever want to do anything apart from you. The Holy Spirit speaks and he goes, Wes, you don't ever have to. As simple as that. And it was as if the whole gospel just became, it was already simple to me, that much more simple. God, I don't ever want to do anything apart from you. Hey, Wes, you don't ever have to. You might choose to, but you don't have to. And I begin to be reminded, church, look at me. When Jesus came and he died on the cross, it wasn't just to forgive us from sins. It was so that we would sin no more. You, are you with me? When he paid the price, it wasn't just to forgive us from sin. It was so that we could walk in the light and sin and darkness would no longer be a part of our life anymore. So that we would never, ever have to do anything apart from him for the rest of our days. Are you with me? It was this powerful reminder that when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just to rescue us from darkness, but also so that we could be born again into the light so that sin and darkness is absolutely no more in our life. And I begin to think, man, we've overcomplicated it as believers. As I was sitting back there, we've made it like we've overcomplicated it. Y'all, it's real simple. And this is what I believe John was trying to say. Listen, there's dark and there's light. There's wrong and there's right. 
why would you ever want to do anything apart from the Father? Why would you ever sell yourself short? Why would you ever settle for less than the best that Jesus paid for you to have? Why would you ever dabble in darkness when God offers light? And did you know that you don't ever have to because you were set free from that? So you never, ever have to do anything apart from him for the rest of your life. And I just continued to call out, God, I never, ever want to do anything apart from you. As I'm encountering his love. And in that same moment, I also begin to realize, man, that if the, the father loved me, if he loves me this much, that he would send his son Jesus to die for me. And you understand that Jesus is the pre-existent son of God. Which just simply means, do you know that Jesus has been with God from the very beginning? John also writes about that in the book of John. Chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word. And he's referring to Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and through Him all things were made. And John is literally just letting us know, hey, just so you know, Jesus has been with the Father from the very beginning. It's always been the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They have been a family unit from the beginning, which makes it that much more powerful that God was willing to give up His only Son. But he loved us so much, he gave up his son so that we could become his sons and daughters and walk in the light for the rest of our days and sin and darkness is no more in our life. Hallelujah! And I begin to think if a father loves me so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for me, to give up his son so I can become one, he must be a father that I can trust. And if I trust him, I don't have to obey him. I can't wait to obey him because I know that where he's taking me is so unbelievably amazing. Amen! I know that every day that what he has for me is light and not dark. I know that every day that what he has for me is beyond anything I could ever ask of, think of, or imagine. Are you with me, church? This is our amazing Father. This is why Jesus came, not to just rescue from something, but so that we could be born again, so that we never, ever have to do anything apart from him. And I just begin to, man, it's all, it's just so simple. As I'm encountering his love, I don't ever have to. And then something else happened. And this was pretty different for me too. Something else happened. I began, like, as I'm encountering the love of the Father and crying out, I don't ever want to do anything apart from you, God. I began to realize that not only were the scriptures that I was reading powerful, but the way they were written was powerful. Has that ever happened to you before? I was like, wait a minute, because I felt so loved, so seen, so known, so valued by the Father. And I began to realize, man, man, the author of these three epistles, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, is John the Apostle, who also wrote the book of John. And if you remember John, in John 13, 23, he was the apostle. He said, I'm the disciple in whom Jesus loved. He had a revelation of Jesus' love. And I go, man. The Holy Spirit just began to make it even more clear. I was reading scriptures that was written by a man that was dominated by the love of the Father. He was possessed by the love of Jesus, and that was what I was feeling. So possessed by the love of Jesus that he couldn't wrap his mind around why anyone who calls himself a Christian and follows Jesus would ever dabble in darkness when what we have is the light every day of our life. Are you with me this morning? Are you tracking? Are you happy? Oh my gosh, y'all. And I am 
I am a mess encountering the love, crying out, God, I don't ever want to do anything apart from you. Jesus, I want to walk in the light every day of my life. And the Spirit's going, you can, you can, and you will, and you will. I, I want to, I want to sort of answer the question this morning as, as why I think why. Like if, if we don't ever have to, why do we still? Why do we still have one foot in and one foot out? Why do we still, like, why do we still settle? Why do we still sell ourselves short? Why is it, I mean, this is a brand new year. We're like all Jesus, but yet we still find ourselves doing the same old thing. Y'all, it's time. It's time to surrender. It's time to surrender like never before. And I want to sort of answer that. I want to read a couple of scriptures. But before that, let let me keep setting this up because John reading these encountering the love of the father thinking about him being the author if you go back to John 13 23 it says it's amazing the context of this John describes himself as the disciple in whom Jesus loves and 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 it's cool because he says and there he is over there he's talking about himself there he is over there the disciple whom Jesus loves reclining next to Jesus or another version says with his head leaned up against his bosom and y'all, I want to explain something to you. It's not, it's not that Jesus loved John more than other disciples. Are you with me? It's that John had a revelation of how much Jesus loved him. Yeah. Do you see the difference? Yeah. It's that John had a true revelation of how loved he was by Jesus. And y'all, as I study these three epistles and as I read through the book of John, here's what I believe with all my heart. That the reason that John had such a great revelation of Jesus' love for him is because John spent time with Jesus. Y'all, that's what's wrecking my life right now is my time spent with Jesus. And all that comes out of me when I spend time with Jesus, I give you my life. And then the next thing you know, I'm walking with him, I'm talking with him. Next thing you know, man, Christ in me is becoming Christ through me. Listen, John had a revelation of Jesus' love because John spent time with Jesus. John wanted to be with Jesus more than he wanted to be with or do anything else in life. See, when you would see John and Jesus, they wouldn't just be in the same room. You would see him with his ear pressed up against his heartbeat. You would see John reclining next to Jesus. Y'all, the, the more time you spend with Jesus, the greater revelation of his love for you. And the greater revelation of his love for you, the more you encounter and get marked by his love, the deeper you go, the further you go, the more you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Are you with me this morning? John wanted to be with Jesus more than he wanted to be with or do anything else. Did you know that John was the only disciple that was at the foot of the cross when Jesus was hanging on the cross? All the other disciples didn't want to believe what was happening. They couldn't handle it. They were afraid of it. But John, because he wanted to be with Jesus no matter where he was or what he was doing, even until the point of death, John was there. Are you with me? I I can imagine now, this is not in the Bible, but just imagine with me for a second. You remember there's several places in Scripture where Jesus gives his disciples authority and power to go Heal the sick, drive out demons, right? Can you just imagine, I was thinking about this. Jesus gives them authority and power, dismisses them, and maybe, just maybe, John lingers back. You ever thought about that before? 
I can, I'm at John. It's like, Jesus, I want to go and I will go, but can I just spend just a little more time with you? Can I recline next to you? I have a few more questions. I'll go, I promise. But he wanted to be with Jesus more than he wanted to be with or do anything else. And the result of it is the life and ministry of John who flipped the world upside down from the inside out, not just from the outside in. Are you with me? From a place of intimacy, from a place of hunger, from a place of surrender, we live our life. And it's the greatest life that we could ever imagine. It's a life that doesn't have to be spent apart from God for one moment. It's what Jesus paid for us to have. Amen. I, I think it's interesting, even the context of John 13, 23. They're at the last meal right before Jesus is arrested and crucified. And right before John introduces himself as the disciple in whom Jesus loves, it says that Jesus looks at the disciples and says, one of you are going to betray me. And they're all kind of looking at each other. Like you can imagine that moment. It's quiet. They're with Jesus. Hey, one of you about to betray me. And then right after Jesus says that, John goes, and there he is, the disciple whom Jesus loves. Reclining at, John wasn't worried about that. Neither did he care if it was going to be him or not. He was reclining next to Jesus. You know who did care? Peter. It says right after that, John, the disciple whom Jesus loves, it says that Peter was troubled. And it says that Peter motioned to John, the man reclining next to Jesus, said, hey, find out who it is. <laughs> hey, would you, hey, hey, John, ask him. See, I believe with all my heart that Peter knew if Jesus was going to tell anybody, he would tell the man that spent time with his ear pressed up against his bosom. John wanted to be with Jesus more than anything else in life. I believe that Jesus and John's relationship was different than the other disciples. Not because Jesus loved him more, but because John had a revelation of Jesus' love. Why? Because John reclined next to Jesus. Listen, man, when the secret place becomes the most sacred place in your life, spending time with Jesus becomes the most important thing in your life. When you live for intimacy with Jesus, you'll find yourself introducing yourself like, John, hey, I'm I'm Wes. I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. I did it all last night. I walked up to these waiters and said, hey, Jesus loves you, man. He loves me and he loves you too. He died for you. He died for me. Watch this, and not only will you tell people, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves, but I need you to know that he loves you too. See, the the more time you spend with Jesus, the greater revelation of his love for you, and the greater the revelation of his love for you, the greater the revelation of his love for the people around you. Are you with me? John spent time with his ear pressed up against the heartbeat of Jesus. And because of that, John began to pick up on Jesus' heartbeat. John began to realize, wow, he not only loves me, he loves everybody. He didn't just come for me. He came for everyone. John began to learn the very sound of Jesus' heartbeat. And it sounds like this, church, salvation. Salvation. Salvation to every person. 
See, when we spend time with our ear pressed up against the heartbeat of Jesus every day of our life, we'll step out of the secret place into the public place and we'll begin to carry his heart with us everywhere we go. We'll begin to see how he sees and feel what he feels and love the way that he loves. It'll change your desires. You'll have a desire for people to have what you have, to step into what Jesus paid for them to have. Are you with me this morning? And it all starts with being with Jesus more than you want to be with or do anything else in life every day. Jesus, I give my life to you all over again. You get marked by his love. Not only do you get marked by his love, man, you begin to love the way that he loves. I think it's also interesting that a few verses after that, same chapter 13, verse 35, it's why John writes the words of Jesus. And this is how everyone will know that you are my disciple, by your love for one another. John had a revelation of his love and he knew that he wasn't supposed to keep it to himself. That he not only loves me, he loves everyone else around me. So John writes, hey, you want to show people that you follow Jesus? You give that love away that you freely received. Amen. Are you happy this morning? I I would also like to add to that the more time you spend with Jesus, the greater revelation of his love for you, the greater revelation of his love for you, the greater revelation of his love for the people around you. And then also, man, the more time you spend with Jesus, this is what I've learned in my walk with him. When the secret place is the most sacred place, when you want to be with him more than you want to be with anything else or do anything else in life, that's actually when sin becomes few and far between in your life. That's actually when sin and struggle and you want to break a bad habit, make spending time with Jesus your greatest habit. Because this church, this Christian life is not about trying not to sin. And not, it's not about trying to be the best Christian we can be. This Christian life is about being with and pursuing the one who came to forgive us for our sins, Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And the more time you spend with him and then you begin to walk with him and talk with him, when temptation presents itself, you're able to see it for what it really is. You're able to see it through the lens of Jesus and it looks ridiculous, silly compared to what he's doing in you, what he wants to do through you, and what he has for you every day of your life. He has the light. There's dark. It's real simple. There's dark and there's light. There's no in-between. And he paid a price for us to never do anything apart from that, to walk in the light as he is in the light every single day of our life. Why is it that we keep doing the same old, same old? I want to read this really quick. Because for the life of John, he doesn't get it. John's like, I don't even know why I'm having to write you guys this letter. You've already given your life to Jesus, but yet you're dabbling. You got one foot in and one foot out. It's also, you know, that John also wrote the book of Revelation. You, you, and, and he's cast into the island of Patmos. And he says in Revelations chapter uh, 13, he says, he talks about being lukewarm. He says, he says listen, he's basically he's, he's saying, I'd rather you be cold than to be lukewarm. It's either hot or cold. The way John writes is so black and white, so simple. He's like, you're wrong. You need Jesus. <laughs> Give your life to Jesus and you'll be right. What's he say in John 15? He says, apart from Jesus, you can do no good thing. I love the way that John writes. He's just like, man, it's Jesus or nothing. It's light or dark, you know? Wrong or right, pick one, but don't get in the middle. It's called the lukewarm life is the most miserable life we could ever live. 
He says, if you, if you're, man, choose to be cold then rather than lukewarm. Because at least if you're cold, when you gratify the things of the world, you won't feel bad and guilty about it. But if you're lukewarm because you know that what you're doing is wrong or what God has for you is right, it's the most miserable feeling in the whole world. Be one or the other. Are you with me this morning? And I believe with all my heart that's what John's doing right here. It's like, man, you guys, you're straddling the fence. You're trying to, like, do two things at once. Man, give Jesus your everything. And a big piece of that from the writer of John is you got to be with him. you got to get with him in the secret place. you got to choose him over anything and anyone else in your life. Are you with me this morning? Let's read it real fast. 1 John 1, starting with verse 5. I already quoted this. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Watch this verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If you claim to have fellowship with God, but yet you're still compromising your faith, you're still choosing darkness, he, called, he just says, you're, not, you're living a lie. Not only are you living a lie for you and everyone else around you, but you're not walking in the truth. And what does John say in John 8, 32? And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See how this works together. You'll know the truth, and it'll set you free. So John is calling this. He says, listen, you're living a lie. You're not walking in the truth. Therefore, you're experiencing a counterfeit freedom. It's not the real deal. Are you with me? And I believe with all my he's going, why would you want that? And I know what you're thinking here this morning. You're like, man, I, I don't want that. But yet, why do we still do the same old, same old? So many times, but why are we still not completely honest with our spouse? Why are we still telling the white lie? Why are we still joining in with the coarse joke at work when we should take a stand? Say, hey, man, that's not cool, man. That's at the expense of someone else. Come on, man, Jesus has something so much better. Why are we still looking at that risque thing? Why are we not all in? I want to answer it. Here's what I believe with all my heart. It's somewhere down the line. The lie of the enemy becomes louder than the love of Jesus. Somewhere down the line, the lie of the enemy, though it may be subtle, becomes louder than the love of Jesus. And the reason that that happens is because we give ourselves permission in our relationship with Jesus to taper off. We actually give ourselves permission to choose other things over him. And we're okay with it because everyone else around us is doing it. We, we, instead of choosing Jesus, there are other things that we just really simply put, there's other things that we put before him. The secret place just becomes another place in our life. We spend time with him when we feel like it or when we want to. We stop pressing our ear up against the heartbeat of Jesus. And when that happens, when the secret place just becomes another place and we stop pressing our ear up against the heartbeat of Jesus on a daily basis, our intimacy and our connection with him takes a back seat. And our first love becomes our second love and our third love and our fourth love. And before you know it, the subtle lie of the enemy becomes louder than the love of Jesus. And we give ourselves permission to settle, to compromise. We say, it's okay. I'll do this. It's okay. It's all right. I'm still a Christian. John says, listen, man, why would you ever not walk in the light as he is in the light? Why would you ever choose any amount of darkness? 
You're living a lie. You're not experiencing the full freedom that Jesus paid for you to have. He came and paid a price for us to never, ever have to do anything apart from the Father for the rest of our days. Are you with me this morning, church? Are you happy this morning? I had this a simple call this morning. I, I just Let's just come back to our first love. And if some of you, you're sitting out there, you go, man, I already made him my first love. There is more. We can grow and we can go deeper in our relationship with him. Every day that we wake up, we can give our lives to him all over again. Because we know that he's going to take it, mold it, shape it, do with it more than we could ever come up with on our own. Amen. Jesus is the life, man. I, it just, it's, it's called the Jesus life. The, right after that verse 6, John like calls him out. He's like, hey, you're living a lie. You're not walking in the truth. But then he hits them with this redemption. He goes, verse 7, he says, but the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. Huh? So you can't leave that part out. It's important to share truth with people because you love them. But a big part of that truth also comes, hey, no matter what you've done, how wrong it's been, how dark it's been, there is forgiveness. The blood of Jesus is ready to meet you right where you are. To cleanse you so that you can become brand new, so that you can start over. Are you happy this morning, church? Who wants it this morning, man? I want it, man. I want to to come back to my first love this year like I never have before. I want to be all in like never before because I'm experiencing firsthand that the result of that is life and life abundant. It's not only impacting me, it's impacting my family. It's impacting when I go to the grocery store. Evidently, it's impacting when I go to a birthday party because everybody has got to know this Jesus that I'm possessed by, but it begins in the secret place. John reclined next to Jesus, and then he said, this is how everybody will know that you're his follower, by your love for one another. Our love for him flows over into a love for other people. We, we got to start, this starts with a full-on surrender. And if, if y'all stand up with me right now, and I want to do that this morning. And just right now, all over the room, and if you just put your hands out in front of you right now. I want to say this too, man. I, I, I always have to start with this. If you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never invited him into your heart to make him your personal Lord and Savior, man, that is available to you this morning. He's here. He's in the room. He's ready to meet you right where you are no matter what you've done. It's all about what he did. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You simply say, Jesus, I believe in you with my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I invite you to come into my life and forgive me for my sins. You say something like that and you mean it. He'll come storming in and your life will never, ever be the same. You will receive the free gift of salvation. Don't leave without doing that. You can't leave without him. And then those of you here this morning, you've, you've given your life to Jesus, man. The, the first call is this, man, just surrender. Right now where you are, just rescind, uh, surrender all over again. Just surrender all over again, Jesus. 
Jesus, I give you my everything. If you're here this morning and there's some things that you've been hanging on to, you've been one foot in, one foot out, you've been dabbling in the darkness, when God offers the light, just let go of it. Just surrender it right now. Come on. And then the last thing this morning, man, I I just want to challenge every person in this room to make a commitment to making the secret place the most sacred place in your life this year. Of choosing Jesus over anything and everything else in your life. Wanting to be with him more than you want to be with or do anything else in life. And living from such a place of intimacy right now. Just say, Jesus, I commit. I commit to being with you. I commit to the secret place. Come on, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray for us, man. We're going to worship. You can go ahead and start the the ministry song. And then I'll be here to pray for you. If you need prayer this morning, if you just want to come up and get on your knees and give your life to Jesus all over again, you do whatever it is that you need to do this morning to meet with Jesus. God, we love you so much. God, I thank you for your presence in this room. God, I thank you that you love us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, <laughs> to pay the ultimate price, to, yes, rescue us from darkness, but also so that we can be born again into the light every day of our life. And so this morning we say yes to light. We say yes to life. We say yes to you, Jesus. We surrender our lives to you this morning, Jesus, in a fresh new way. And we say, come and have your way in our life this morning. And we commit to you this morning, Jesus, that the secret place become the most sacred. We choose you over anything and everything else in our life, Jesus. We want to live from intimacy. We want to grow deeper. We want to go deeper in you and with you, Jesus. God, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise for who you are, for what you've done, and what you're going to continue to do in us and through us on a daily basis in this amazing year. We surrender all to you in Jesus' name. Amen.